prior to doing Revelation Wellness and doing the training and also being a part of the training, you know, the hands-on training, um, I never knew that you could experience the freedom that I've experienced and that I'm able to daily have a daily reprieve in that and um, be able to have a constant contact uh, with God on a daily basis. And that was something that I always knew but didn't understand until I did a Revelation Wellness training. Prior to um, being a part of Revelation Wellness, I didn't realize the type of freedom that you could have. And um, when I was working out or, or planning my meals or obsessing over certain things or the way my body looked or, um, you know, whether I was in clothes or in the mirror or whatever it was or how I was in a class or lifting weights and always self-conscious is something that I have been set free from. And um, God has enlightened in me, set on fire in me. Um, just that freedom of being exactly who he made me to be and that I don't have to be held captive by um, my body image or food or any other addictions that I was struggling with prior to. Well, hey everyone, you just heard a testimony from Kristen about her experience in coming through instructor training. Thank you, Kristen, for sharing that. Uh, I'm Elisa Keaton, the founder of Revelation Wellness, uh, your host for this podcast today. And it always just takes my breath away to hear how people get set free. They took a risk. They came and did something outside of what is comfortable. And God breaks chains. That's what he does. We move out in faith and then something happens. So thank you for sharing your testimony, Kristen. If you are interested in becoming a Revelation Wellness instructor, breaking off some body obsession and neglect and food addiction chains, all that, then Platoon 25 is for you. Why? Because anyone can do it. It is completely online. And right now you have close to six weeks left the early bird pricing is getting close to closer and closer. That will end two weeks before training starts. So don't forget that. Don't delay. Download a packet. Swipe up on the show notes. Download a packet and learn what it means to become a Revelation Wellness instructor online and at home. And begin to dream with God. You guys, this is needed. If you are benefiting from these podcasts, I'm so grateful but it's time for it to multiply and go out. There are people that will awaken to Christ that are depending on you. It, they won't hear my voice. They need to hear your voice. So consider becoming a Revelation Wellness Instructor. Download a packet. You'll speak to one of our enrollment experts that will answer your questions. Should you have them or you don't even have to, you can just straight up enroll because this particular class has taken down a lot of barriers to come through training. No travel, half the cost of what it usually is to become a Revelation Wellness instructor. Okay, now speaking of body obsession and food addiction, we have a great episode for you today. I get to interview Taylor Kaiser, 
author of Eat the Cookie, also the creator of Food, Faith, and Fitness, a blog that she started many years ago while in an eating disorder. <laughs> she started the blog. Taylor's going to share her story from misery to ministry when it comes to food, her faith, and fitness. Such great, fun stories. You're going to hear, I mean, fun. Let me just say two words, purse chicken. That's all I have to say, purse chicken. Stay tuned to hear more. <laughs> Taylor says in this, show, in this show that if it's something you can lose, it was never yours in the first place. We we're talking about identity. If it's something you can lose, it's never yours in the first place. Oof, identity. Yep. You're going to learn a lot today from Taylor. So take a listen, learn more about her. The book again is Eat the Cookie. You can follow her on Instagram, Food Faith Fit, or check her out on her website, at Food, Faith, and Fitness. And of course, get the book. It's a good summer read. She writes to you very fun and personally, kind of like a best friend sitting down to have a talk. It was a great book. I hope you guys enjoy this interview and I look forward to seeing you next time. Peace. Taylor Kaiser, welcome to the Revelation Wellness Podcast. This has been kind of a long time coming. It has been, but I'm so excited that we're finally here. Finally, it's happening. Now, where are, tell us where you live, what a little background on where you are. Yeah, so I'm from, actually from Canada, but I currently live in just north of Seattle. My husband's American, so we were in Missouri for three years, but we just moved back a couple months ago. Wow, Seattle. I wouldn't have thought Seattle. I follow you on Instagram. Uh -huh. All the, the new, you bought a new house yep. and you're doing all the remodels and stuff like, or redecorating, right? Is really Yeah, cool. more, more redecorating. There's a little bit of like actual like projects, but it's mostly redecorating. So it, like born and raised in Canada and came to um, the United States, how long ago? Uh, when I got married. So almost eight years ago now. Wow. Okay. Okay. So you guys, Taylor has written a great book with a great title. Great title, by the way. Was this your idea, the title, or did your... Um, it was theirs. I, I wish I could take credit, but it was the publishers. <laughs> I know. The publishers changed my book, too, a couple of times. So it's called Eat the Cookie, you guys. Eat the Cookie, the Imperfectionist Guide to Food, Faith, and Fitness. Um, tell us first why this book. Why did you feel compelled to write it? Oh gosh, that's like a long story, Vanna, right? But basically if, if we like nugget it up, um, I struggled with an eating disorder when I was 13. So almost 17 years ago now, um, and just really like went through this period of like, you know, sick and then recovery, finding my freedom in, in Christ. And then back in my early twenties, going back into that bondage of disordered eating and being a slave to what my body looked like in the gym and macro counting and calorie counting and all these things. It just really struggling with that for a good 10 years, um, almost 10 years. And then a couple of years ago, like the Lord really just set me free. I just kind of had like a rock bottom moment. And I just realized that this is not what he has for me. Like, it's okay to think health is important. I know you would agree, but it should not become an idol in our lives. And it should mm. not become, it should not become like what we're worshiping because we should be worshiping him and food and body should be a secondary. Um, so it's really just like a very, like, very nutshell version of, and then I wanted to take that freedom that I found and help women find freedom, not even just from body image, although I know most women struggle with that, but just from perfection and seeking our identity mm -hmm. and worth and value in just the wrong things. That's amazing. That's so good. Yeah. It's a message that it never gets old. Yeah. It's needed all the time. It's, um, I heard read something the other day saying like, 
keep saying what you keep saying. Mm -hmm. Like, don't think you have to say something new. People still need to hear it over and over. And this message of perfection um, just keeps coming for us at a time like this. So did your faith precede the eating disorder? Give us the history of how, like, did God come later in life? What, what was your history with that? Because you see everything through a food faith. Right. Right. So I, I mean, I was born in a Christian home, so I've always had like had faith, but it was never like really my own until probably I was hospitalized with my eating disorder. Cause like they literally wasn't allowed to do anything. I wasn't allowed to get up to go to the bathroom or do anything. So when you're lying in a bed, it's like, well, I have a Bible, like, cool. Just read that. Wow. So that's really when I found my faith when I was 13. And then it was like, it was important to me throughout my teen years. And then, you know, when I was 18, 19, I kind of did the whole like falling away from Christ thing. Like so many people do. Um, And then I met my husband at around 21. He's a really strong man of Christ. Um, Mm -hmm. So he really kind of brought me back into that. And then it was almost more of a battle with my faith because I knew that I wasn't living how God wanted me to when I was dealing with my disordered eating through my twenties and just like knowing what I needed to do to actually be free in Christ, but like almost maybe not having enough faith to do it and not really believing that God would take care of me. Um, but then just really like wrestling through that and getting a lot of Christian counseling and reading more Bible and just really listening to God's word for me. That's really what set me free. So now my faith is super important to me. I think it's the only way that I actually recovered from that. Yeah. I was in. Don't you feel like, like to actually fully recover and not just behavior modify, like to fully recover and have a new mindset and a new lens it, you just, you have to have a, that whole higher purpose that God yeah. relationship has to come into um, vision. Otherwise it's, I just see so many people continue to, I call it like the game of whack-a-mole, you know, we're like knocking <laughs> yeah. down the next thing, the next one pops up. It's just a continuum. Even, even in Christ, we still feel those things come For up, sure. but you can knock them down and get right back on your footing pretty fast. So true. It's so key to renew our minds, like the Bible says, and without but, that, I just totally. was struggling. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's so common. I think it's just continuous and common in, in our t- time now. Yes. With food being so crazy. What has happened to food? I mean, now food is kind of what you do. You do recipes. Yep. You has a blog like that you started. How many years ago did you start the blog? Almost eight years ago, seven years ago now. Long time ago. Crazy. Yeah. Long time, like, yeah, prehistoric internet a little bit. Pretty much. I was like, I always say I'm a dinosaur in blog world because, you know, no one was blogging back then. Well, let's go back there. So eight years ago, you are coming, are you free from it? You're moving into the recovery from the eating disorder? No, that's actually when I was pretty much in my very disordered stage. That's when I'm meeting wow. my husband. Yeah. So it started as a very disordered, like, I want to show the world about health and you know, rah, rah. Ah. And then now, of course, I still believe in health. So it's still healthy recipes, but it's more of like balance and, you know, all foods fit and like being fully healthy body, mind, and soul, not just having a six pack because that doesn't necessarily mean health. Did your audience notice a shift in you that way? Like where yeah. readers were, you know, when you have that really focused discipline attitude that attracts certain people, mm-hmm. then when you start to shift, what was that shift like? definitely scary. I think like throughout when I first started my blog, like I do what what it's called like Sunday reflection. So like once a week I would post like a little like devotional kind of like what God is teaching me. And it was always centered around like my struggle with food and how, so I was very open, like that this is 
you know, I do these healthy recipes, but it's a struggle for me to, I don't even know if I, I don't eat them all because I'm not on my macros or it's like, I was very open with my audience. Yeah. Um, but then when I shifted a couple, you know, a couple years ago, I was very, like, very, it was very obvious because I was starting posting about food freedom and intuitive eating. So definitely a lot of people like left, like, this is not what I came for, but that's okay because I'm allowed to grow and shift and they can grow and shift yeah. away from me. And that's fine. Yeah. And then you also gain a whole new yeah. audience, right? This 100%. is not audience that waits. I always think right now it's, there's so much going on in our culture where people, I think, get afraid to say anything. Yes. I feel like we're in a time where we are going to need to say it, say it kindly and be ready for the fallout. Be yep. ready for the loss because there's gain. There's something greater. 100%. Stirring in you to share it. So the eating disorder, you start a blog and then um, writing all the recipes and food. So tell us your uh, a, a relation. Tell us your relationship with food and how it's changed from what yeah. it was to where it is now. So it was very much like I very much saw food as like almost the enemy back in the day when I first started. It was like food is bad. Like mm-hmm. the only food that is good is like the amount of calories that I'm allowed to eat. It has to be super quote unquote clean. Can't have sugar. Kind of blah blah blah. Like all those things. And it was very much like it very much controlled me, and which is funny because I thought I was controlling it. You know? Yeah, right. Yeah, it's like actually no, it actually fully has controlled me because I couldn't go anywhere, I couldn't go to social events because the food, I couldn't track the food, had to miss. You know, my husband would be like, "I want to plan a date day." I'm like, "Well, how about after the gym?" And how about we only go to safe restaurants? Like everything revolved around food. I thought about all the time. Um, so that was very, it's just very a very disordered, very like unhealthy relationship with it. Um, always wanting it, but never being able to eat it and just all these things. And now just yeah. the past couple of years, it's just food to me is just food. I love food. I'm a foodie for sure, but I don't need to think about it all the time. I don't have to like obsessively track it and count it. And I still try to eat mostly healthy, but I know that God created all food for good. And if I want to eat a donut once in a while, he created donuts. So that's cool too. But just that very much a balance. So how was that shift for you? Cause I'm thinking of the woman who's listening that might be still in that, I, I mm-hmm. don't know how to let go. Share what that process was of softening to instant. Now you can say, I eat a donut. For some yeah. people, that's like, uh, what? what? Yeah. That so, yeah, I actually had like a very rock bottom moment. So it was a couple of years ago and we we're having date night and my husband and I were going to make um, a, like Italian night and he wanted to have like Italian night in. So we're going to make pasta and like drink wine. And of course he doesn't cook. So I was going to do the cooking. And so we were buying the ingredients and the, you know, the flour and the butter. And I'm like freaking out in my head. I'm just like, oh my gosh, this is going to be the worst. Like I'm going to gain a bunch of weight. So we're going home and I'm cooking it. And I literally made the recipe wrong on purpose because I didn't want to eat it. So mm-hmm. I like made our, you know, our date night not happen. And that night I just went to bed just bawling. And I just heard the Lord say like, this is not what I want for my daughter. Like, I want you to enjoy your life. I came so you can have a full life, you know, don't let the enemy steal, kill and destroy it. And so for me, it was very much like a 180. Like the next day I was like, I'm done. And the next day, like I quit the gym for almost a year. I just started eating. I gained weight, but I I needed to. Um, So there wasn't like a very, it was like this, like the Lord, like softening my heart for years and just like me hearing him, but not being ready. And then you're ready. And then you're just like, for lack of a better term, you get tired of the enemy's crap. And you're just like, nope, not anymore. Not today. Satan. And the next Amen. day, freedom. Amen. I hope that encourages someone listening who maybe you're not the person, but you know someone that you're like, why aren't they getting it? I mm-hmm. firmly believe that every 
just bear with them. The Lord yep. knows how long to tarry. Like the thing starts to break down. It's harder for them than it is for you. We tend to make everything about us. So of course. that that eventually there, that moment comes and pray. I'm sure yes. people were praying for you. Who were, these, who were these people in your life that prayed you into a state of well-being? I mean, definitely, obviously my husband, because my thing affected him very much. All my family, because they just knew that I wasn't that's the tailor that they knew I was a very bubbly happy child and when I was going through that I was quite frankly miserable and just not fun to be around and even like my followers like because I was pretty honest with what I was going through and I know those people are praying for me too so Mm. just praying is I mean obviously like you said it's just so important amen go back to the time when you were in the thick of an eating disorder is there a lie is there was there permeating thing that just got you I always say like I encourage people to kind of know the lie Mm -hmm. of your life like for me it's you're alone I just remember that lie from a young child you're so alone nobody your parents don't care nobody sees you even though I was living in the house with them I just remember thinking I'm so alone nobody hears me what what would that have been for you mine was just that like I was really only worth something if I looked a certain way Ah. so I live my life that if I didn't have a six pack, I wasn't super lean, all these things that, you know, that's when people would accept me. And that's when I would accept myself, which was, you know, the furthest from the truth. Wow. And did that come from, did you see it it modeled anyway? Like your, did your mother have a, like a sense of perfectionism or did you just feel that off of her? I mean, back in the day, luckily, like when, when I was a teenager, I didn't have Instagram or anything. So there wasn't that piece, but we did have like, my parents had tenants in their basement, like a basement suite and our pastor and his wife lived there. And she was like, you know, I was 13 at the time and she's like 20 and she was also struggling with an eating disorder, which mm. I didn't know. But then I just see her not eating. I saw her exercising all the time and she was, you know, into my eyes, she was beautiful and she was perfect. So wow. I thought, well, that's what I have to do to get beautiful and perfect. And then, so the cycle goes on. Wow. You talk about being identified as a fitness uh-huh. queen. Let's talk about it. Because I know that girl. I got some medals in my uh, closet. I can. St- my daughter still walks into my closet sometimes. She goes, what are those? And I just, I don't even know. They ignore I them. Away, but I think they make me remind me of like I once was. Those used yeah. to be shackles. So tell me about your fitness queen identity. Yes. I mean, I never competed, uh, although I like, I thought about it, but just like that was, I didn't really know who Taylor was outside of the fit Taylor, like the girl who went to the gym every day, the girl who had amazing willpower and could, you know, say no to a donut all the time, which like made me miserable. And like people like praise me for that. And the funny thing is I would never wish my life on someone, you know, they're always like, you're amazing. You're so good. And I'm like, actually, you don't know how awful this is. Like the fact that I can't enjoy my life, but I just had it that was my identity. And I know now my identity is in Christ, but I wasn't able to be free, I think, because there was this fear around losing that. And who would I become if I wasn't the girl who went to the gym a thousand times a day and, you know, only ate kale. So there was just this weird intertwining of identities. Your identity is a fitness queen. And what age did you start working out? Um, I hired a trainer to to teach me to compete around 19. 19. Okay. And do you remember when you went on your first diet? Like at what age? Definitely. I mean, my eating disorder was like a diet gone extremely wrong. And that was um, around 12 is when it started. And then 13 was when it actually was fully anorexic. So very young, especially with having no social media. So young. Yeah. Yeah. I know right now the statistics say 
um, from like the National Eating Disorder Association, NIDA, say like the average eight-year-old girl has is so sad. has thought of dieting, starting to diet, considering dieting. Eight years old. So That's like somebody look at the third grader and just you know it, it's just this. What, who and what are they listening to that would attack that identity? But it yeah. is media. It is mm-hmm. constant information of what mm-hmm. beauty and worth is. Why it's so important. And like, what you're, you're not, you're not a mom right now. We're correct. No, nope. no, no mom. Will you be, you want to be in the future? Nope. Nope. You're good. No, okay. I'm good. I'm you're good. good. Good for you to know. <laughs> no, absolutely. But I would think like, as um, a lot of women like just needing that from your parents, like in the mom, just to affirm, affirm yeah. continually. Um, don't leave any room for the enemy to give you any ideas of what beauty is. It's identified from that soul place, you know. Totally, and I think that's why. It's, like, I, like I said, I'm not a mom, but I think it's just so important to know that your kids are watching. Like, totally, if you're wearing every gram, and you're saying how fat you are. Like, your 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 kids are watching. So just watch yourself. So eat the cookie. Eat the cookie and eat one with them. Like I show them that it's okay. Okay, let's talk. Let's share the story of purse chicken. Oh no, purse chicken! <laughs> so uh. incredibly, like that's. So, I've heard a lot of stuff in in the fitness world and you know people with eating disorders, but that was a good one. So tell people about purse chicken. Okay, so when I was on the depth of eating disorder, disorder eating, whatever fitness fitness queenery. Um, I was just so afraid to, you know, go to restaurants and go out because food would be off plan or whatever. So I would get like baked chicken breast, just plain, cold, nasty chicken breast, put it in a little Ziploc bag, stick it in my purse, go to the restaurant, get like, you know, just lettuce with no dressing. So it looked like I was quote unquote eating something and then go to the bathroom stall and eat my purse chicken so I could have my measured out protein all the time it was awful it was the worst and, and was there a moment that you with purse chicken that you kind of had a little this is not normal or oh no? I always knew it was not normal I just didn't know how to not Stop. do it yeah yeah man okay now talk about as you started gaining the weight because mm-hmm. to get out of the eating disorder what goes through your mind then Oh, it was very hard. So at first it was like, you know, when you're eating and like, you don't see any weight and you're not going to the gym, it's like, oh, this is amazing. But then it starts to come on. And then it's like, that's when the enemy works in and goes, you're losing your identity. Like you're no longer the fitness queen. Like, what are you going to do? And there was just a lot of tears and a lot of soul searching. But that's when I really had to dig deep into my faith and go, what does the Bible say about me? The Bible says I'm fearfully, wonderfully made. It's altogether beautiful. It says I'm chosen by God. Like the enemy is trying to really, you know, hit me right now. And I have to kind of fight those lies with truth. And I won't lie. Like there's still days where I'm like, I don't like this new weight, even though it's been years, but that's just life. Like we all have days where we don't love it, but I also had to just look at, yeah, I gained weight, but I also gained my life. Like all the things that I can now do that I couldn't do before are so worth a couple pounds. Amen. And we come back to you know, how do you feel like, yeah, right. Like so many people that are uh, restricting themselves or even uh, gluttony and kind of going to the other side, mm-hmm. you don't feel well, you no. feel, uh, you feel consumed by the food or control of the food mm-hmm. and even just uh, bio, you know, your biology and your, your physiology is so starved or yeah. Uh, 
oversatiated. So feeling good. What does feeling good mean to you? Just feeling like, like you said, just like mentally, like clear, like before my brain was always just like rattled with food and lies and this and that, but just like, I can think about other things. I actually like have a life and it's not nothing, not everything is revolved around food. Like there are days where I don't feel amazing because I'm a human, but just like feeling clear and feeling like I'm more in control of my thoughts. Whereas I think before my thoughts just kind of happened in my brain and I felt very out of control around them. I just didn't think about what I was thinking about. And yeah. I just, you know, like the thoughts just came in. I was like, well, those must be true. But oh. now it's like, now it's like, okay, no, those are not true. And I'm able to separate them. That is the truth. That is a key thing. And everyone who's uses revving the word or the podcast things we do here. And we say, it's not about the fitness because it just is to get you mindful, get you into your body. Can yeah. you feel the jiggle and the shake and your thighs yeah. touching like, okay, what's, what's that message? I, I was watching, um, a gal on Instagram the other day, and she's an overweight, quite overweight. She would put herself in the obese category and is now like getting fit and exercising. Now, I don't think she knows the Lord, but I love her heart as she's very front and center, like, you know, doing her fitness. And she's really caught a community of people that are cheering for her. She's kind of doing her own biggest loser in a way, but it's healthy. It's slow. Mm -hmm. Um, But at one point, she, (laughs) it was just this moment, she had a band around her thighs, you know, like those loop bands. And she was doing an exercise and the loop band got stuck on her thigh. Like it was, it wasn't moving. And she's like, oh, this thing is stuck on my thigh. It's because it's stuck on my, because my legs are big. And so she goes, but I don't have time to make up a story about that. And I just said, I love that. That was brilliant. She was like, I don't have time to make up a story about that. I'm going to just keep going. I'm like, oh my gosh, speed bump. Like, yes, we need more of that. Like, well, look at me being aware of, of what I'm thinking and then kind of tracking it back. Why am I thinking this? What's something else? What's the replacement? What am I going to think that's true? Exactly. That's that's where God's word is just incredible. Uh, Why do you think women have such a hard time with wanting to control? I think just because like, for one, a lot of women don't know the Lord, but even women who do like, we just don't trust. Like we almost like, the Lord takes care of us in, you know, in moments in our life. And I think that somehow it's how we just like forget, forget that ever happened. And so we don't use like the past evidence of him taking care of us, that he's going to take care of us in the future. It's almost like we don't believe that God is the same back then as he is today. And so we have to, we just think that we have to do it, you know, and culture tells us, you know, everything is on you. You have to do this. You have to work and do this and be the best mom and all those things. So we hear all these messages and we're not able to like connect the fact that like, it's God who takes care of us because you know, a lot of us are too busy to even spend no time in the world, the word. So like, how do we, yeah. how do we know that God takes care of us if we're forgetting about past, you know, when he took care of us and we're not spending time actually reading about the Lord. We just can't trust him if we don't, if we don't know him. And what are your, do you have any daily practices? Do you have things yeah. that you go, this is how I remember. This is how I stay. Can you share those? Yeah, I have a couple. So obviously in the morning I wake up and I do my devotional. So right now I like usually listen to a sermon while I go for a little walk um, and then actually when I was in the hospital, so when I was 13, I started a scripture journal. So I just did a bunch of scripture about usually body image or something that was really applicable to me. So there's like 30 of them and I memorized them all and I still repeat them to myself every single day. Mm-hmm. Um, so 17 years later, just to keep those, you know, those scriptures in my head so I can use them to mm-hmm. fight the enemy. And then I also have a couple of them set up as like events on my phone. So you can, you know, make a little event and a little pop-up will appear like, 
it is like reminds you to do something, but mine is just Bible verse. So my phone will vibrate and I'll be like, oh, phone, because of course I'm a millennial, so I want to look at my phone. But then it's like a Bible verse that pops up. So that's helpful. And then me and my husband are just doing like the Bible in the year. So usually in the evening we read some Bible. So just the little things I kind of tried throughout the day because I like to do the morning and at night and in the middle of the day or else I kind of like find my brain just forgetting yeah. I'm a human. Yeah. So as much as we eat, I would say we're eating the word, like we're eating food throughout the day, just kind yeah. of keeping that little bit throughout the day. Yeah. Like keep Clint, keep you drink water throughout the day. Mm-hmm. You nourish yourself this day. The same thing. Same thing for our minds. So what would you want the woman to know right now that is struggling with an eating disorder or has a tendency, she's obsessive, she's just not free? What would you say to her? I think, I mean, obviously that she can be free, but that's like super cliche. I think that it's important to know that this is not you. I think that for me, I thought that who I was was the eating disorder, but really it's the enemy working in you. Mm. Um, And that's not who Christ called you to be. So if that's not your identity, like if you're worried about losing your identity, if it's something you can lose, if it's, if it's something you can lose, it was never yours in the first place. So, mm. you know, just really remembering that and getting deep into who, who Christ called you to be. I'm taking note. <laughs> if it's something you can lose, it was never yours in the first place. Oh, that's tweetable, Taylor. Kaiser. Right. Tweet that. Tweet that. <laughs> That's so good. So what's next for Taylor Kaiser? Ah, oh, what is next? I actually don't know. I'm kind of trying to figure that out myself. I have the book coming out and we're going on vacation hopefully next week. So I'm gonna come back. We'll see. Weren't you guys supposed to go on some big trips? Oh yeah. We're supposed I've to heard to so many for three months. sad stories of Europe trips canceled and yeah, yeah. Well, I'm supposed to leave yesterday. Oh, how you know, we're, that? we're going to Turkey hopefully next week. So fingers crossed. Wait, Turkey? How, how are you getting to Turkey? Like they're accepting Americans. They say. <laughs> they say. Have so. you ever been? No, but it was we're we're supposed to go there first anyways because we really want to go. So it might work out. We'll see. Wow. Well, you yeah. go on with your bad COVID getting out of yourself. <laughs> I know. We'll try. We'll probably be turned around and then. You never fine. know. But we'll At see. At this point, we're all like just i'm in arizona so we've had a mass yeah it's bad it's getting just crazy just crazy so not another book or are you gonna think about it for a while we'll see we'll see i mean we'll see what the publisher wants and yeah i'm definitely definitely open to it yeah how how was the process it was longer than i thought you know a lot yeah a lot more work than i thought especially because like you're like oh i'll write this amazing book and then you write the book and you're like well, I have to hit this many words and I still have a lot more words to write. Yeah. Like, where are my words? So then you have to like make more words and that gets challenging, but um, well, it, it was good. You did a great job. And you guys, again, the book is called Eat the Cookie. It is, so, if you're a listener of all the things Revelation Wellness, you're going to love the book. Actually, Taylor went through training. I did. Just graduated like a just, month ago. Just graduated. Well, we're still going because yeah. Platoon 25, uh, they they really messed with our game, Platoon 24, I, I should say. Um, yeah, no, that's when COVID happened. So we couldn't go on retreat. So we have yes. all got Platoon 24 is kind of in this holding pattern until we graduate. Yeah. I took my test, but I haven't graduated. Yes. Yeah. Well, you are a delight to have a part of this family and to know that um, Taylor has this God's word written all over her heart and a story. Um, I always tell my daughter, you're, 
your greatest misery is your greatest ministry. So the very thing that's trying to hold you down is the thing that God uses to, you so know, true. as a platform foundation so to like springboard off of that thing. So your book does such a good job at writing from a very honest perspective. So people, you'll get the real story more about purse chicken <laughs> and things of the like of just craziness. And you write it very girlfriendish, very Thank you. like friend to friend. So yeah, it's not like, it's a good summer read. I would say that it'd be a good little a beach read for anyone. Well, if you're going to a beach, wherever, right. the backyard, whatever you guys are doing. Okay. So fun questions. I like to, those are just quick fire questions. You okay. have to answer them as you go. Um, favorite pair of yoga leggings, pants. Like brand? What kind, yeah. I just have a cheap dance skin one from Walmart. Really? Yeah, they're great. They they work out great. I'm telling yeah, you, I'm, I'm learning great. about you guys. We've learned from Amazon finds, some Walmart Ross, good finds. Yeah. Okay. Coffee, tea, or kombucha? We know you don't drink. I know you don't drink coffee because <laughs> yeah, tea. I'm a tea other. girl. Your tea? Yeah. Like throughout the day, in and out, just the mornings. Usually mornings, sometimes night, but usually mornings. Okay. Do you like kombucha? Not really. What? I know. It's not sweet enough for me. I have such a sweet tooth. Oh, have you tried Trilogy? The brand? The no. Trilogy? Okay. I'm going to send you a picture because okay, that's I've never heard of that. And it's the kind, it's sweet enough, but it's not so sweet that I'm like, ugh. Anyway. Yeah. I don't want it to be like pop, but I want it to have some kind of. Yeah. Oh, I'm a kombucha girl through and through. Besides I I what? Yeah, well, water you're saving almost. yourself a lot of money. So true. good for you. Don't true. start. True, <laughs> Don't true. start. <laughs> stay, stay off it. Um, okay. And then uh, favorite way to move your body? Oh, wait, weightlifting for sure. Weightlifting. Oh like, yeah, love it. Are you, do you have a home gym or are you going to the gym during this time? We're going to a gym that just opened. So oh, I, have, I have like some bands that I was doing, but now we have a, an open gym. So like full on, okay, tell okay. us, tell us like a weightlifting day. What kind of exercises go? Well, it depends. I, I do like a push pull leg split. So I'm okay. Other than push pull or legs. Okay. So do you like free weights or machines? Mostly free weights, but I'll do a couple machines, but mostly free weights and like deadlifts and barbell stuff and that kind of thing. Wow. So you like the strength training. I, yes. Oh, I get so, I don't know what, do you get really sore? I do like when I'm doing a new routine for the first couple of days, but then like, cause I, you know, do the same routine for like two months or so, but after like a month and my body is kind of in a groove and then I'm not dying anymore. True. I think I have this OCD thing with weights. Cause I mix it up so much. I like yeah. can't do the same thing twice and I'm sore all the time. And my that's husband, probably why my husband's like for a fitness person, you are so sore. <laughs> like he'll walk by and like pat me on the shoulders or give me a little love tap. I'm like, Oh, <laughs> You are not like, where's the wellness, Elisa? Like, I don't know. I, I love, love that. So I tend, I like, doesn't bother me to go for jogs or runs or cycles. I hate that. Really? I hate it. Wow. That's so, that's incredible. Cause neuroscience would say as far as like getting that endorphin high, that it, it comes off of mm-hmm. a steady heart rate, but you can, you can get that to a degree with lifting weights. If you're doing it at a good intensity. Yeah. I just think it's boring. I just think cardio is so boring. I'll do it. It's good for my heart, but I just think it's boring. Yeah. <sighs> the feeling of strength. It does feel good to do strength stuff. Mm-hmm. I do like it. Do you do any flexibility yoga stuff? Yeah. Uh, I do. I don't really do a lot of yoga, but I do like mobility every morning. So I'll stretch my legs in the morning and like my upper body at night. Just so to make good. sure I'm staying actually healthy. And then what's your favorite like way to restore care for yourself? 
massages or yeah probably massages I really like massages honestly I just like watching like Netflix and cuddling with my husband and my dog it sounds like very like nothing but I just really enjoy it good for you yeah well Taylor thank you so much for sharing a little of your story with us you guys you can find her at her website as her blog recipes you Mm -hmm. you continually put out recipes I follow her on Instagram food faith fitness right is it at Instagram is the blog Instagram is food faith fit Food Faith Fit on Instagram, Food Faith Fitness as a blog, recipes, fun ideas. You can watch her redecorate her home, mm-hmm. which has been fun. Um, we like to vote, so let us vote in on things. Yes, yes, of course, of course. <laughs> Every time I'm, we have to make decisions here at my house, I'm like, let me ask Instagram. And me my, too, my oh, husband my whole, hates it. Oh, my whole family goes, why? Yep, same. Because I, yep. I just want to be, I want to know that I'm right, if I am right. And if I'm, I'm wrong, I'm still going to be right. <laughs> I love it, I love it. All right. Well, bless you, Taylor, and good things to this book. We pray God's going to use it in massive ways. It's going to be on the bookshelf. Get it in Amazon, all the places to find books, you guys. Eat the cookie. Thank you, Taylor. Thanks for having me. It was great.